0: everyone you are now listening to the midnight watch where a motto is standing on watch for you against bad movies i am your host philip powell joined as always by my friend and co-host, mr nick allen chris is sitting out because he didn't see this movie say hi nick what's up and tonight's film is the purse starring lena Headley and ethan Hall. tonight allows people a release Violence if they keep up inside them.
1: Why don't you guys kill someone tonight? Because we don't feel the need to, Johnny.
0: Just remember all the good the purge does.
1: We'll be fine just like always, no worries, okay? Otherwise known as the long-awaited sequel to Birth of a Nation. <laughs> DW Griffin would be proud.
0: So how true that is, which I guess we're getting to. movie, but going off that, uh, yeah, make your overall thoughts. Oh, we're no, not gonna give a plot synopsis. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll give a plot it's synopsis. Okay. Uh, in the year, what is it, 22 2023?
1: 2022,
0: yeah. Basically, 10 years from now, for some reason, the American economy and government completely collapsed and got reestablished by these new dudes called the New Founder Fathers, who we never get introduced to or actually see, and they start this event called The Purge, which is this annual day where crime is legal, you can do whatever, rape, pillage, kill, murder, whatever you want to do. And this family stars Ethan Hawke and Linda Headey as a couple of suburban parents with two kids. The typical rambunctious 17-year-old daughter, complete with Catholic schoolgirl outfit for fan service and a weird yeah. 13-year-old son. And yeah, basically <laughs> we're locked down during the purge. Everything is cool until the son sees this black guy running down the street asking for help. So he unlocks their system. And lets him in, and he's followed by a group of, I guess we'll call them preppy, yeah, preppy white kids, basically rich, <laughs> trust fund kids who are like, yeah, um, that guy was scheduled for us to kill tonight, so you guys better find him and release him and let him go, or we're going to kill you. It's as simple as that. And from there, it's basically a home of Asian thriller. Mick, after that... <laughs> oh. Overall thoughts uh, Okay
1: the first the thought players. That comes to mind Is that clearly The Razzies Are going to have Their hands full This year Because this is Definitely Yet another movie That was just Absolutely terrible But for different reasons But the crowd We saw it with Made it worthwhile while. <laughs> The movie as a whole is just a mess. (laughs) If you saw the trailer and you're trying to be bought on this premise, like, basically, if you think it's ridiculous from the trailer, it's even more ridiculous in the movie. And they really don't have any real justification for it. They claim, oh, it does so much good. Crime is at an all-time low. This is what we have to do. You know, this is a way for... Humans are naturally violent. This is how we get rid of that aggression once a year. And it's like, like Phil said... Aggression doesn't work that way. He said that when we were sitting in the movie.
0: Yeah, and yeah, going off that, like, this this movie is sloppy. Like, the analogy I have is this movie is basically, if you're at the theater deciding what to view, this basically is the equivalent of you're at the bar, you've basically struck out all night, and you see this drunk, sloppy chick in the corner. She's not really that attractive, she's probably even as drunk as you are. Maybe a six, seven if you're being nice. Oh. There's basically nobody else there or all, all the other hot chicks are left. So you're like, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I'll take her home. That That's basically what, what you're doing if you choose to see this film. You're basically just going, fuck it. I'll, I'll take the sloppy drunk six girl home. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure we were able to detour a couple from seeing this movie. We were talking about how terrible it was when we were leaving.
0: And, and going off of that point, and I I really, literally think that because this movie had to be made by a drunk film crew. Because here's one of the big problems with this movie, people. Everything is shot up close, and I mean, seriously, I thought the man with the iron fist is shot up close, but there you can at least see people's hands. This is shot basically, (laughs) if you took a mirror and put a camera behind it and somebody got real close to bust a pimple or something, that is how close every single frame of this movie is shot, and then... Editing-wise, everything is just like boom, 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 boom. Like, they're, they're very snappy abrupt cuts, which in certain points of the movie I get is a horror movie. At certain points, that's needed. But then, when you finally get to the home invasion angle, the thriller aspect, at the, we throw in some shaky cam, which, again, makes me think, like, I uh I have to believe that the film crew who shot this was drunk, because I, I refuse to believe professionals that get paid for a living to make movies thought this was good. So everything, even though it's decently choreographed, action is just like all over the place. It's Wait. basically... Wait, hold on a second. This was a horror
1: movie?
0: I thought I was seeing a comedy. Oh, shit. And... <laughs> sloppy it's like i really like basically the only reason this got released in theaters as opposed to dvd because this is really straight to dvd quality and i've seen straight to dvd movies actually shot better than this film is because it only costs three million dollars that's also probably why they released this in the summer as opposed to october where they would have to compete with a real horror film they're just like yeah Just throw it out, we're guaranteed to make money, it ain't cost that much. And I think, too,
1: because they're still riding that high horse, if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be from the producers, or something of that nature of paranormal activity, and might have been sinister mm-hmm. and so every time they get those producers together they always shove it in the theater and try and get butts in the seats by advertising these are from these horror films and you want to see it that way plus it has ethan hawk in it and he hasn't gone down the barrel yet to straight to dvd movies but.
0: true although i don't get why like another reviewer <laughs> i listened to say like Seriously, name the last Ethan Hawke movie (laughs) that he starred in and was the main draw that was actually good. And Um, I know people are going to be like, Training Day, that was a Denzel movie. (laughs) Nobody remembers Ethan Hawke was in that damn movie. That is a Denzel movie. Everybody remembers that King Kong ain't got shit on me. (laughs) And the shotgun with the Mexicans. That's the only reason you remember Ethan Hawke was in there. Hey, man, you ever had your shit pushed in? (laughs) That's the only reason anybody remembers Ethan Hawke was in that movie. Otherwise, people would be like, Ethan Hawke was in training day? (laughs) Well, what about Brooklyn's finest? Really, (laughs) man. See, like I said, you basically cross for that strong. Yeah, I got nothing. But uh, yeah, I guess now we can go to your point <laughs> about why this is a follow up to *Murder of a Nation*. I don't even know how to say it. Like,
1: I hate to even go down this road, but the white guy that's protective of his family from the black menace in his house—he's dangerous. You don't even know what—he's wounded, by the way, too. We—they let him in the house, but he was actually wounded. No, nah, I didn't point that. Okay, out, but the yeah. black guy is wounded. And somehow they still see him as a threat, even though he didn't come at them with a weapon. He hasn't charged them in any way. He's taking a shoulder in their house. Yet you still see him as more of a threat than the people outside. And the people outside... Rich is, and white? No, yes. I get it. Yeah. Which is
0: another problem with this movie. It's one of those movies that thinks it's smarter than it is. Because the basically the whole subtext of The Purge is supposed to be like, basically the only people who can protect themselves are rich, affluent, yeah. white people, basically. Exactly. There's like one black lady in this neighborhood who's married to a white guy. Otherwise, there there is no other black people in this film other than the homeless black guy who gets rescued well, by are, his family. There
1: are, but they're shown in the stock footage being killed.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that's basically supposed to be the whole subtext. And I, I get. What they were going for, they were basically trying to compare the predatory practices in our economy, such as loans and banks and other stuff like that in the housing market, and how that exploits the poor. True. To this horror element, but considering, like you said, we're just following a white family. It, it, yeah, it doesn't it's, show it's, both sides. Yeah, they expect like, you to take their side. Like I really think this, uh, granted that movie probably wouldn't have got made, but I really think this movie would have been a lot more interesting if they had shot this in like a hood from the perspective of a black family. Don't make them like it or anything. Regular family and how do they survive?
1: Because they don't
0: have high tech security and cameras and all that. And they're not rich. Let's talk about this supposed high tech security
1: that Apparently, you're still subject to a power outage somehow. Like you would think, its <laughs> security system would be better
0: than that somehow? Not to mention this is a house that has all that and I know Ethan Hawke said we're not prepared for a worst case scenario but it's like, that you, guys like don't a, you guys don't have a safe panic room in this like basically the only reason they don't have a panic room in this movie is because there would be no movie. The movie would basically be <laughs> Ethan Hawke and his family and the black dude in the panic room hiding out till the purge is over and the people have to leave. That That's basically. <laughs> Otherwise it makes no sense then when you finally
1: then the movie takes forever to get going too yeah. by the way it's only 85 minutes yeah but it felt like two hours because you spend like it had to be an hour with ethan hawk and his family and they're just so bland and then some of the dialogue is just i don't know who wrote this but people don't talk this way this is like one of the creepiest movies i've ever seen with people talking
0: yeah, which I, I think also could have been an interesting thing, which, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, people. If you didn't want spoilers, this whole review is basically going to be a spoiler yeah. review because you can't talk about this movie, which I which is why, like I said, even though they executed it poorly, I thought the twist with the neighbors could have been interesting instead of having strangers have people they know, but the way the movie did it is like...
1: Well, and that's another problem I have with the movie Everything in this movie you could telegraph from a mile away. Yeah. I called the twist five minutes in. As soon as they introduced yeah, right. the neighbor characters, I was like, which I guess that's well, another knock the against movie the dialogue.
0: Handled it sloppy because, like you said, they have the creepy dialogue, which yeah. makes you think they're people from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They don't talk like regular humans. They've got those forced, painted on smiles, and then they. One of the ladies, this blonde, drops this little line. Not to mention the whole time the movie is dropping this uneasy, tense music. So it's kind of like, I I get what you guys are trying to do. You're trying to foreshadow that, yeah, everything is not as it seems. There's some under the surface. But again, considering the main antagonists are these random people, not the neighbors, it's kind of like... What what was the point other than like you said to basically Telegraph explain the for right smart people? Basically, here's what the twist is going to be, everybody. And then that
1: was my other problem. Then when you finally get to what you came to see, Ethan Hawke's family fending off these strangers that come into their house. Like you said, a shot with shaky cam, so you can barely see what's going on. And then the characters act so stupidly, you want them to die. You don't really want them to survive. You want the black guy to survive. And
0: like you said, with this movie starting off so they try to give you some character development. Like the son is creative. He has this little remote control car that's pretty creepy that I basically call it the Terminator baby. Because (laughs) literally half this doll's skin is burnt off like Harvey Dent in the Dark Knight. And Lena Hadley, the mom, thinks it's creepy, but she also, for weird reasons, thinks it's cute. And it's just. <laughs> and again, that could have been an interesting way to explain why the movie is shot the way it is. They could have said, oh, well, this is all being shot as if it's being shot through their home cameras and this camera on the remote control car. But no, it's just shot close and sloppy for no reason. And then there's a. Another subplot with the daughter where her boyfriend is older, we're not told how much older, and the father has forbid her from talking to him. Basically a giant ripoff of the movie Fear with Mark Wahlberg. Yes. It's the if you've ever seen that, right down Check to what happens with the boyfriend, which, yeah, we're just gonna spoil it. He tries to kill Ethan Hawke. And you can call it as soon as
1: the guy was supposedly left at the beginning of the movie, right. him and the daughter are making out. Then he has to leave because it's an hour before the purge is supposed to start. Then after the purge is starting, all the doors come down and protects them and seals them in the house. He suddenly shows up in a room and one of the most forced jump scares in the movie, even though the whole movie forces jump stairs down your throat. He comes into a room and you're thinking, or at least I thought, okay, there's one of two things about to happen here. Either one... He's supposed to be the guy that we're supposed to care about when these strangers break in. They'll kill him first, and we're supposed to cry over it, but we're not. Or he's in on it. But then there was that third option that happened as soon as he's like, I'm here to talk to your dad. I got
0: right there. Literally, people, he has, and this chick, I don't know how she is in real life, so I'm not going to sexualize it too much because she might not be legal. But he literally has... (laughs) every button but two buttons on her shirt um, but yeah. you can clearly see cleavers, and then all of a sudden he's I like can't do this right and I'm thinking oh it's cause he doesn't have a condom and his dad her dad already hates him so he doesn't want to knock her up but no he's like no. I need to talk to your father right now I thought he was
1: trying to follow the Edward Cullen <laughs> boy <laughs>
0: Which, yeah, that's another thing. The guy looks like Eric from Twilight. So this is clearly because, at least in the show we saw, it was mostly like teenagers, like 17, 18 Some of which. Oh, and let me point out, too, there was a
1: couple that came in with a fucking baby. This has nothing to do with the review, but
0: I'm just tired of people bringing in fucking babies to... R-rated right. babies. Yeah, so it's clearly fan service for the teenagers. It's like, oh, yeah, here we go, people. Oh, uh, nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> right. Sorry, guys.
1: It's just like. But as soon as he said, oh, I have to talk to your dad, I called it. Then he dies, and the daughter cries over his death. But then, 30 minutes later, after the power's gone out, it's like, why are you still crying over this when there are intruders trying to break into your house? You're still crying over your boyfriend who tried to kill your dad. It makes no sense to me.
0: Well, it didn't make sense that she left. Like this is literally one of those movies where every five minutes one of the kids leaves because we need a reason to get Ethan Hawke and Lena Headley out of the safety of their locked room, right? Yeah. And then they so don't have- we can force tension and try to make the movie seem scary by having darkness and atmospheric music, but you're you're basically just sitting there bored. And I'm pretty
1: sure that's the only reason why the power went out and Ethan Hawk didn't have a backup generator or some kind of security intervention plan when the daughter zoe leaves they never explain where she goes she just disappears and then pops back up again for a while i thought maybe she's in on it and i guess it's really not that big of a deal but it was something that kind of bothered me about the movie how they just never explain it and she just leaves like you said and it seems like it only serves the purpose of ethan hawk leaving the room to find her and you never find out where she went. She just pops back up yeah. and, I'm like, oh, remember,
0: which, I'm in the movie. Which is fine because these are regular people. But then once the people break in, basically Lena Headley still acts like a normal person. But Ethan Hawk's character magically transforms into John, John McClane. From Dyer, right down to the shotgun, swooped over his white beater. And- <laughs> Like basically, all he was missing was one liners. Whenever he shot somebody, because all of a sudden hookah. this guy has perfect aim, and the audience and I think they were doing this as a joke. Every time somebody gets <laughs> shot from that point over, they start clapping and yelling like "woo!" Yeah.
1: But notice nobody clapped when Ethan Hawke got shanked. Well, we did. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a slow clap going, but nobody was going with
0: us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, what, what else could we...
1: <laughs> it's bad. I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say. Because pretty much all the problems are on the surface. I guess another problem I had is... Actually, this is a pretty big problem. The people, the strangers that broke in... Oh, yeah. You that, think
0: something we they build something them up about. to be
1: bigger enemies than they really turn out to be, like the main guy. And when they finally had the conversation with the strangers, I, at least for me, I found it to be anticlimactic.
0: Not to mention, and I wasn't tired of this at first, like I didn't mind Harry or Batman and Skyfall or Loki and Avengers, but yeah, can we seriously stop with... Every villain (laughs) in a movie now having to be fucking Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, literally, literally, in this movie, people, there is a point where the main guy who looks like a mix of Heath Ledger and Tom Hiddleston takes off his mask and smiles in the camera like Hey, how you doing, Sanders? <laughs> and cracks this basically devilish Joker smile to the point where in the theater, I went over to Nick and I whispered, Why so serious? Cause that, that's basically what the movie was trying to tell you. Ooh, this guy is scary. He's like the Joker. He's unpredictable and handsome. Ooh, wow. Yeah, what's going to happen, everybody? It was supposed to be menacing, but it's not at all. It's really it, it, hilarious. Yeah, it's just it's just funny and creepy. But uh, yeah, is there, there anything else you want to bring? <laughs> I guess we can talk about the twist of the nightmare and then get to our ratings. Actually, yeah, that's a big problem
1: for me. How yeah. the movie suddenly at the end <laughs> tries to send this message of humanitarianism? Oh. The neighbors come in to save them from the stranger. Anybody who's seen enough movies can call the second twist, because right. that's pretty much what that is, <laughs> the second twist, where we only killed them because you're not theirs. You're ours. And then you call the third twist. The black guy's going to save the family. And then when the black guy saves the family... They have to make the decision on whether to kill the neighbors or let them live. And they decide to let them live. That was a huge problem for me. Because it's like the Purge happens once a year. They're just going to try again next year. Why not kill them and get it over with?
0: Right. Like, that. that's the point of the movie, and we get a little bit of that. But that's the point of the movie where I want Lita leader yeah, to remember she didn't play Sarah Connor. Right. And she's so and wife. Thrones. Right. And, and like, just fuck some people up. Like, I'm a two-year-old. This is the Purge! (laughs) Right? Or or I wanted to see a sequel to this movie in the Game of Thrones universe where she plots revenge on them and they they just get murdered one by one slowly (laughs) and poetically because, like you said, it's just like, What's going to stop them from trying this again? Yeah, your security system would be fixed, but... Yeah,
1: now I thought they were going to pull it where she waited until the purge was over with and then killed them, which wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense because then you'd get arrested because the cops come back online at 7 a.m. But they didn't do that. She just let them leave and only broke like the main lady's nose. I don't care how much of a humanitarian you try to be. After everything that's happened, you should not have let the neighbors live, period.
0: But I, I kind of get it. Like she said, she wanted peace. Her husband was dead, which I'm actually surprised. I wasn't. They killed I wasn't. He always cared to stay dead after he got stabbed by the main guy. Okay,
1: I will admit, <laughs> I thought he was going to live for a second. Because they had him just kind of roll over and then kind of stand up and look at the camera. Then you come back five minutes later and he's still just like sitting upright, just kind of clutching the wound. I'm like... Don't tell me he's about to survive this. After the guy just stabbed him with like a Rambo knife.
0: But yeah, this, this is just an, an awful film. That's not worth <laughs> your time. And yeah, I guess go to that. We'll give a rating. So unless there was something you actually liked about this movie. Right?
1: It was funny. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Unintentionally. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I guess that's something you can say about it if if you choose to see it. Yeah,
0: like, people, the only reason to watch this movie is if you're the type of person like us that is snarky and likes cracking jokes during movies. Because this is a easily... Like, the best bad movie this year in terms of just jokes you can mine from this film and just laughs you can get from the unintentional badness of this film. But other than that, like, it don't don't waste your time, people. I, I'm giving it a skip it. Like I said, I would only give it a rental for, like I said, people who like to watch bad movies <laughs> to make fun of them or if you... Just need something to watch. Like, you're having a party with your friends, like a fight party or a Super Bowl party or something. And you need something to watch before the game because this is a short film. Like Nick said, it's only 85 minutes, even though it feels like two hours. So, yeah, beyond that, it, it's not worth your time. It's just a complete and utter failure and just just, just trash. skip it. And
1: it could have been good it. in the hands of a better director. Yeah, I think this is this guy's first... Movie, if I'm not mistaken, I think if it's not his first time as writer, it's definitely his first time as director because the same guy directed. Him, wrote yeah,
0: he. I I think yeah, this is like the second movie he's directed because I know he wrote Assault on Precinct Thirteen and there's another movie, but, but in, he, yeah, he's only directed like two movies. But yeah, in the hands with, if he had a co-writer,
1: if he wasn't the sole writer, if he had a co-writer and somebody else to direct it. This probably could have been good and actually been a good social commentary. But as it is, it's not a good film at all. It's a complete mess. It thinks it's smarter than it really is. Just skip it. Unless, like Phil said, uh, you're just a fan of watching bad movies and cracking jokes, then... It might be yeah, a rental Basically,
0: bar. if you're like us then watch it, but don't don't watch, watch it on DVD. Don't go to the theater to see this unless you have a cheap theater like we do that only charges like 3, 4 bucks. Otherwise, wait for the DVD. Just red box it, rent it, watch it, take it back. Only lose a dollar. It, it's, it's it's awful.
1: I think that was the fourth twist right there. But <laughs> uh, our cheap theater didn't have it. They, they purposely made us go right. to theater that costs more. Get right. <laughs> maximum profit from this piece of
0: crap. Right, and yeah. But yes, that concludes our review for The Purge. Once again, we are The Midnight Watch, where our motto is, standing on watch for you against bad movies. And you can find our reviews on iTunes or Stitcher Radio by searching The Midnight Watch or at our main site, which is com. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.